This is an Indian Noir one-shot. Precious Things, Part 3 The creature asked. Ready for what? Rajesh said. Ready to confront the truth. I'm not sure what you're talking about. You still refuse to acknowledge my power. I am the Lord of Balanch, a Dutha of the great Lord Yama. I ensure the karmic equilibrium in this mortal plane. I am also the Torturer Supreme in Narega. I am that I am. I am. This is a nightmare, Rajesh said. It is. Life is a nightmare, and I color it with painful pleasure. I am an artist, you see. I paint bold strokes of just atrocities. The monstrous being placed a claw on Rajesh's forehead and drew blood. Rajesh was transported to the night of the incident. It had been an year since his mother's death and it was two years before the birth of his child. At that point, the world still had institutions like hospitals, but it was starting to come apart at the seams thanks to recurring cycles of viral outbreaks and the resulting deaths. On that balmy summer evening, his father collapsed in the kitchen due to pulmonary distress. Having lost his mother to the first strain of the virus, Rajesh was determined not to let his father die from the same illness. When his repeated calls to procure the services of an ambulance failed, he placed his father's wheezing, gasping body in the passenger seat of his car and drove like a madman on the nearly empty Highway 85. His destination was the Rani Lakshmi Bai Super Speciality Hospital. His eyes skated between the road and the distressing plight of his father. He had gone through this once before and he was still recovering from the terrible experience of watching his mother die in agony, gasping for breath. Suddenly, Rajesh's father clutched his throat with one hand and started banging on the dashboard of the vehicle with the other. Pitaji, Rajesh shouted in alarm. His eyes were drawn away from the road for a few seconds. That is all it took. A crash, followed by a crunching sound from the front of the vehicle. Rajesh slammed the brakes and sat in a deep state of shock for a minute before exiting the vehicle. He went around to the front of the car and surveyed the damage. The left-hand side headlamps were cracked and a bloody pattern had imprinted on the metal around it. He gulped and slowly turned his attention to a roadside sign made from stone, which was coated in blood. A man lay slumped underneath it. 
Rajesh's breathing quickened. A crumpled bicycle also lay some distance from the man. Rajesh had clearly hit the man, who was then thrown off his bike and had smashed his head into the road sign. No, 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 Rajesh said. The contents of four packets of takeaway food were strewn all over the ground. The curry and rice and stir-fried vegetables now laced with warm blood. Rajesh felt light-headed, and he leaned against the car for stability. His father started banging on the dashboard again. This was followed by an alarming series of rattling coughs and choking sounds. Rajesh couldn't waste a single precious moment if he wanted to save his father. He jumped back in the car and drove off. A family of three waited that night for their father, a day labourer, to come home with their dinner. They would go hungry that night. The next day, a neighbour would inform them of the death of their sole breadwinner in a hit and run. Rajesh would read the news on a website two days after cremating his father. He would dream about the bleeding body lying underneath the Gulmohar trees for a long time. Now, do you remember? The hellspawn said. Rajesh lay prostrate, weeping and shaking his head, trying to shed the dregs of the horrible simulation he had to endure. A moment-by-moment recreation of his sin. A crime that he had tried to bury deep in his subconscious mind, under the weight of lies he had told himself over the years about what had happened that night. He would continue to fight. He couldn't stop now. Strength returned to Dajish's hands, and he unwisely thought this was perhaps the best time to slay the demon. He was angry at the creature for making him endure what he had sought to forget for the entrapment staged in the name of his daughter. He pulled out his gun and fired. The bullets bounced off the giant's body harmlessly. You seek to harm me? The demon smiled and snapped its fingers. The darkness around them transformed into a screen that bore live images from Naraga. Screams arose from every corner of that fiery landscape dominated by craggy mountains and molten rivers and an ashen sky crowded with winged demons. Human bodies were being tortured in a myriad of ways that made medieval punishment techniques look like child's play. Tarry black figures with screaming mouths held down naked humans as they plunged spiny, sharp-toothed, snake-like beings into orifices. Rope and metal and fire were used in creative ways to maim and rend flesh. Tissue and blood and mucus and fat shot out through the exhaust ports of torture machines. 
in caves and pits and craters across that blasted landscape. A violent diorama of fetishized violence was staged on the bodies of men and women. The desirous moans of hell-birthed beings merged with the abhorrent screams of their victims in a maddening orchestral piece that threatened to destroy the fabric of Rajesh's sanity. And the visuals receded back into the shadows. This is my playground, and I wanted to show you this so you can make the right choice. An eternity in Naraga, or you fulfill your bargain here and now and save your child. The infernal being said to a panting, terrified Rajesh. Rajesh screamed in anger and desperation and threw the gun away. His spirit was defeated. Get yourself together. Your child needs you. It said, delighted at the act of submission. An acolyte of the demon stepped forward with a packet of medicines in his diseased hands. I have what you need, and it will save your daughter's life. But you must partake in a transaction, in an exchange of body. Rajesh stood back up on his feet and gazed at the goat-headed demon. What do you want from me? Transference. Rajesh stood, breathing heavily, not understanding what was being asked of him. I want you to meet someone special. Rajesh looked on as another figure slowly emerged from the throng of hooded minions. The crowd parted to allow a rotting reanimated corpse to join the demon. The hell fiend looked at the new arrival in amusement, human emotions flitting on its goat face with ease. Do you recognize him? I hear. I, Rajesh stammered. Let me help you. You owe him an apology. You owe his family compensation. Does it ring a bell? The knowledge dawned on Rajesh like a sledgehammer blow slamming into concrete. Yes, the body that impacted your pretty car and slammed against the road sign. The body you saw slumped on packets of curry and rice. The decomposing form mewled and yowled like an abhorrent infant birthed in hell. He has waited for justice for so long. He demands it. He craves it. And who are you and I to deny it? The corpse's bony maws snapped open and shut several times in agreement. The sound grated like nails across the surface of a chalkboard. Rajesh was tired now. His mind was at breaking point. There is only so much horror a human brain can encounter before it has a catastrophic meltdown. He could hear the feeble cries of his daughter. 
he could see the heartbreak his wife had endured for the sick child. His choice was clear. Yes, Dajay said. I agree. The revived corpse clapped its skeletal palms together, its bulging grey eyes bursting with joy and worms. The servants of the goat-headed monster chanted a disturbing phrase in a low voice at first. Then the volume rose rapidly until it reached an ear-piercing crescendo that cracked the walls of the chamber. Your home in Naraka should have been Daurava, the district reserved for sinners like you. People who disregard and undervalue the lives of others for their own selfish needs. And your punishment should have been at the hands of the Rurus. Rajesh looked up at the creature as if he was expecting some kind of reprieve which he knew would never come. Worry not. I have conjured them from that damned place. The horned judge of sinners said over the din of his worshippers. The cracks that had appeared on the walls around them moments ago widened. Lithe humanoid figures with spotted grey skin emerged from them. Their serpentine faces oozed malice and wisps of bluish vapours fanned out of their bodies constantly, as if they had just swam through a boiling inky ocean. Their slithery approach towards him made Rajesh shudder and he tried to step back, but the attendants of the arch-punisher from Naraga pushed him back to the centre. Four snakemen the Beast Lord had called Rurus now latched onto his body with amphibious webbed hands. I, Bhagrasura, servant of Mahakala, arch-punisher of Naraga, deem thee worthy of punishment. A sinister smile now laced the lips of Bhagrasura. He nodded to the Rurus. Talons emerged from the tips of their slimy fingers and dug into Dajish's flesh, anchoring themselves like hooks planted in strategic points on the upper and lower part of his body. Rajesh screamed, You told me I will not endure pain. I said no such thing. There is no judgment without pain. There is no transference without the rending of your mortal frame. What are you going to do to me? Rajesh said. I will release you from this body. With practiced precision, the Rurus pulled back their talons in a quick ripping motion and Dajesh was completely stripped of his skin. A cheer broke out amongst the adoring servants of Bagrasura. Rajesh bled as he screamed, 
his freshly skinned musculature blossoming like a garden full of crimson red roses. The living corpse of the man Rajesh had killed extended his arms to his side and awaited in rapturous joy as the Rudus carried the skin over to him. With ceremonial reverence, the hell-spawned creatures from Raurava dressed him in his new dermal gown. They worked like heavenly artisans who had crafted God's creations, with the aid of their dexterous fingers and sable saliva, regenerating new flesh and sinew and veins and arteries to form a solid base for the skin. Bravo, bravo, Bhagrasura said. Even though Rajesh's skin was enduring a constant concert of pain, like a violin played with sharpened blades, he couldn't take his eyes off the mesmerizing transformation. When the makeover was complete, the naked form that wore Rajesh's skin stumbled forward, bright-eyed, examining its new body parts in amazement. Rajesh could see that its movements were a bit stiff, as if it was learning to become a living, breathing human again. It walked up to Rajesh's raw, bruised body, and after a few attempts at speech, managed to utter a Thank you! Rajesh cried and laughed at the same time, his body and mind battered by pain. A new insanity had dawned on him, a perspective guided by hell-spawned creations and their torturous gifts. He saw the world in its true horrifying form. Bhagrasura bent down at his waist, brought his face closer to Dajesh and said in a sympathetic tone, Don't you worry. He will take the medicines to your family. The man who wore Rajesh's skin nodded in agreement and smiled a crazed smile. Rajesh felt reassured. But that comforting thought was soon eclipsed by the terror-inducing knowledge that this changeling, grinning before him, would soon cuddle his daughter, would make love to his wife. The mimic would learn to copy his behavior precisely. But Rajesh's wife, of all people, would notice the difference in the eyes. But by then, it would be too late.